0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hallowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith.
1: Welcome. It is a beautiful day here in Virginia. We are so excited to be with you. This is Jeff Smith, and today I have the pleasure of having two people with us. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill and Lee Hubert, so they will be joining us. Yes, you do.
2: We're here. Looking forward to it, Jeff.
1: All right, so today we have been doing strategic planning. So we're taking a break from our strategic planning day for Voltage to take a moment to spend with you and talk about... The best leaders that we work with, these are the folks that we coach, that we lead with, that we help strategize. And so um, we really appreciate throughout the course of the week that you guys reach out to us and talk to us and send us emails. So let's talk to you about how you can connect with us while we're on the show. First off, it's Volcast Illuminating Leadership. You can reach us at 1-866-472-5788. You can email me at Jeff at voltage Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like us on Facebook at voltage leadership. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting or Jennifer Owen O'Quill or Lee Hubert at Voltage Leadership Consulting. And you can follow me on JMU, Jeff, uh, for Twitter. And if you've been doing that this past week, I'm sorry for all the JMU um, uh, shout outs. But uh, for those that know American football, we are playing for a national championship in just a few weeks. So I have been filling up the uh, Twitter with my JMU stuff. Go Dukes. Go Dukes. So Again, thanks for being us. We we have got an international audience. We've had folks in the last couple of weeks from China, Egypt, the UAE, Vietnam. So, in that spirit, we had Greek for lunch today. That's right, right. Everything so, hope. Uh, so, <clears throat> if you uh, if we fall asleep, it's just a, a heavy <gasps> lunch, and That's hopefully, right. and hopefully, you throw something at us. So, so today, you know, it's really we're, we're sort of in the holiday season season in the U.S. Uh, a chance to kind of look back. So, our next week show will really be a look back at. What made us successful this year? Uh, what made you successful? But today we thought we'd say, okay, who are some of the leaders that we've been working with and what does what do they do? What are some of their best habits? So you can incorporate that into your habits, okay? So maybe just um, when we think about best leaders, what are some of the characteristics? So we'll start broad, guys, and then we'll narrow it down to some specific examples. So Jennifer, I'll start with you. What are some of the best characteristics of leaders that you work with?
2: Well, one of them is the for sure, to have a regular platform for communicating and for listening. Mm-hmm. So to have, whether that's a quarterly intentional time to communicate what you're doing in a, in a town hall format, people can uh, ask their questions to you directly, mm-hmm. uh, either online or, or live. And a regular good weekly communication with your direct team, uh, it's really important. Just those those simple those simple steps of being transparent, sharing what's going on, and asking questions. That's what I would say.
3: Thanks, Jennifer. Lee. Wow, well, those are really great. Uh, I, I like the thing about the recurring communication. Um, I use the word genuine. We've had this discussion in the past. There's a certain authenticity that people have, and people can tell when you don't have it. So, on the high level, we're going to get more specific as as today's show rolls along. I'm sure. But you can tell when somebody is, you know, you look them in the eyes and, the, and they're, are they paying
1: attention to you and are they, are they real? Mm, I like that. You know, uh, you guys have uh, heard us talk previously about uh, John Hagmeier. Uh I had the chance to be with John and um, the other authors of the book this past Thursday and Friday. And so we were really working on what, what happened with the interactive achievement story, how did they build it up? Mm-hmm. And just being around John for a couple of days, I was also reminded around, um, positivity and that ability to see the good in your organization, see the good in people. Look, none of the leaders that we discussed today are perfect. Uh, what we're going to share are their best practices that we say, wow, that's really good. But believe me, they're working on things too, whether it's time mm-hmm. management or ability to connect mm-hmm. or how to say no. So any of the people that we talk about today, please know that they're working on themselves too. Just like we know you're working on yourselves, that's part of the reason you listen to the show. But one of the things that John was just fantastic at was this positivity and being able to see the best of Jennifer, the best of Lee, the best of Jackie, Mm -hmm. the best of Jacob, and being able to say, how do I get more of that into my day? So I think best leaders, they see something that maybe you don't see in yourself either, Mm -hmm. and they talk to you about that and try to get you to be your best self more often. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's like if they can see something you can't,
3: like if the definition of a good coach is getting you to perform to an ability that you didn't know you had, how good is that? Mm -hmm. You mentioned John Hagmeyer, a fascinating story. And you think about, you know, when we had him on or or you had him on, I called in that day. Um, He made a point about allowing his people to fail. Now let that sink in for a second. A lot of people don't do that. If you fail, what happens to you? You know, there's punishment, there's stress, there's all these things. He went out of his way to say, "Okay, you can, you have permission to fail because I know you're going to learn from it, and then you'll be the better for it, and we as a collective team will be the better for it." And then, when somebody failed, you heard what he had to say. He had to, you know, he had to own that. But the person to true to his form—that that's to me—that's
1: awesome leadership. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, I want to piggyback on both of those, but I'll start with uh, with what you said about positivity, Jeff, and on a simple note, I I'm doing some work with a company and both the executive team and the managers have put together ground rules of how they want to be together. Mm-hmm. And then we compared what they each came up with separately mm-hmm. to see where that was shared. And mm-hmm. that positivity, that positive attitude was on both lists. Mm-hmm. And so it was really great to positivity and respect were on both lists and just repeating that sense of uh, just repeating that sense of, Let's go. We can do it. And uh, keeping the culture thinking in the right
1: direction is helpful. Good. So a few things I've heard is regular communication. So regular communication pattern, Mm -hmm. uh, authentic, uh, genuine, another Mm -hmm. Mm word, regular positivity dosed in as well. Right, so it's not that there isn't the need for reality and being able to, you know, hold people accountable. <laughs> you mean people can't be 100% positive 100% of the time? Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, it just does not work. Well, out
3: well. come right. on, it's Christmas time. Well, yeah,
1: exactly. On. But um, let's let's start to go into, uh, you know, what are some of those best practices? What are some of the ones that we see? Um, you know, I'll start with one. Uh, it was a gentleman named Mike Yamamoto, and Mike and I worked together at Capital One. And I'll never forget this. This goes back uh, 10 plus years, and um Mike was a director in the company, so very high up, several thousand people reporting to him, mm-hmm. and I was helping support him from a human resources perspective, and here's what Mike did, each and every week he put thinking time on his calendar, mm-hmm. mind you, he's got several thousand people that are under him, mm. his days were full, meetings after meeting, there were more people, and I, I just couldn't understand, I'm like, Mike, what do you do in this thinking time, he goes, I think, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, there's wisdom, yeah, there, that's deep. But what he did was he, he'd also have a reading time and he'd say, Jeff, you know here's the deal when I'm at my best, people can be bringing big problems to me mm-hmm. And I need to have time to really analyze it and think about it but I also they pay me to be proactive and look into the future. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have time on my calendar set around to think mm-hmm. what good am I? You know, and so sometimes we get our day so busy with emails and the next meeting and the next phone call and the next email and the next this and the next. We become the human doers and we forget about being human beings. And so what Mike did a nice job of was protecting his time Mm -hmm. and he called it thinking time. So if you look at my calendar, Wednesday afternoons, I have thinking time on my calendar. Mm -hmm. Friday afternoons, I have thinking time on my calendar. Do I honor it every week? No, but every time I get there, I have to make a choice and it makes me trip up. And I can promise you many times I have taken that thinking time, and it's incredibly valuable. So, Lee, you got one?
3: Yeah, or just to add on a thought to that, we've talked about the five gears. You've heard us say that in the past where people spend a lot of their time in transactional mode. Um, To get the fifth gear, strategic thinking time, you're offline and you're really catching some really good brainwaves. That's awesome. I was going to add a, a characteristic of a of good leadership practice that I've heard and I've seen, and that's listening. Just, okay. plan, just plain old listening. And I had a leader that I both reported to uh, and worked with this person listened with their eyes. Mm. Sometimes my spouse listens with her eyes. Are you listening, Jane? <laughs> Sometimes she listens with her eyes. There's something to that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you really feel understood as opposed to the opposite experience. You get into the corporate situation or busy situation, people are buzzing around. Are
2: you heard? Yeah. I, I see that with people interacting with their phones. Mm-hmm. If you pick up your electronic device in the middle of a meeting you negate everybody in the meeting. You're really important to me. You are so not important to me (laughs) that I'm going to pick up this device and I'm (laughs) going to check out to the people that are out there and acknowledge them. And Mm -hmm. you lose your, you lose so much of your credibility Mm -hmm. and the trust of the people in the room because their assessment of why you're going there and what, what the value is, is that that's more important than I am. And, Wow, that's just the wrong
3: message. Yeah, there's a a cultural fiduciary here. And by that, you made me think of the trust bridge, right? You get behind, we had a a nice radio show about behind the manager's closed door best practices. And some of these we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But there's a trust bridge you must walk across. And if as the leader, you have a cultural fiduciary responsibility to own that. And if you are devaluing people by, Abdicating that responsibility, you know, I'm sorry, you own that. Mm-hmm.
1: Jeffrey, how about you, anything else that you want to bring up this time? I
2: have something I want to get back around to when we start again, which is it's not just uh, it's it's not just positivity, but it's also play.
1: Mm, play. Well, we got a couple minutes here, so let's start on play, and we'll you know we'll be playful through the break.
2: I just Teams that play together Stay together It's it's true It's true We have the opportunity To sort problems out When we're playing That you can't sort out If you're trying to solve The problem In a Mm -hmm. meeting head on You know Mm -hmm. If if I have I have trouble Communicating with someone On the team But we go out And we um, We hit the golf ball Around the course For a little bit Or we Or get on the water Or we go bowling There's There's some interpersonal stuff that you just gets solved. And for the leader, for you taking your team out, there's all kinds of interactions you can just sit back and watch. Who's I hear she's working a, she's a ringer
3: when it comes to bowling. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, right, right in the gutter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I, I agree. I think play is one of those fascinating things that we probably, uh, the past year in Voltage, didn't do enough of. So we, in our strategy session today, that was one of the things we talked about. Maybe even doing a 5K together, you know, uh, how did, how can you kill two birds with one stone? So mm-hmm. each one of us probably has on our goal to, to be continued in good shape and working out. And so why not have it be part of the play? It could be, let's set a goal together of running 5K and stay in shape, have some playful time. Other times it's just the play for play's sake. And I hear some of you you're rolling your eyes and saying, oh my gosh, Jeff, you don't work where I work. And, and you know, that's just not possible. And what I'd offer is that um, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Um, and see what you can do to make it happen. So, when we come back from break, what we'll do is we'll talk some more about play, and then we'll continue with some of our other best practices. You've been listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership, and we look forward to talking to you again in two minutes.
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica dot com.
5: You've heard of good things coming in. Packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinac. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins, listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. The Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety.
4: Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back, and thanks for being with us today. We're getting ready for the holiday season here in the U.S., and uh, we thought today what we do is just share some of our best practices. That'll be our gift to you. Some best practices from our clients. And so we've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill and Lee Hubert and Jeff Smith here from Voltage. We're all leadership coaches, facilitators, speakers, and these are the best practices that we've accumulated throughout the course of our years Mm -hmm. of knowledge. Um, We'll just say that that's uh, more than 50 years. That's enough. Less than 200 among three. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. So, you know, I think that, uh, Jennifer, before the break, you brought up play. Um, And so when we're talking about this play, how do we make it, that it um, well. Let's ask: Does it need to be intentional? Does it have to have a purpose? Or are you proposing that you know a good leadership move is just a play? Uh, yes. Okay. So I would say
2: both of those things are true and serve serve something. You can turn a piece of work into a, a something that's playful and have it be something that's. Your strategic planning is more fun to do because you think about how you construct that time. But it's also okay to simply play together and to learn about the things that you find out about your teammates in that process. That Just the ability to be together and hang out and have those stories and that laughter, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, it makes such a difference. I mean, the pictures of, of a recent a recent company's holiday party they had a hypnotist come and i mean it's just this crazy story that's going to be part of their culture now mm-hmm. because they had some fun with something very silly and that that kind of thing is good for a company
3: good lead you up something you Yeah play. yeah well just to change the venue i mean play is good and if people are stuck in the the here and now all the time you know, they'll get so freaked out, nervous, and jerky. They do. They forget how to play. It's almost like the sound of music was on you, that you brought music back into the house. I had almost forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. We do something at Voltage Leadership called the Obstacle Course, and some of you out there in, in the radio audience have, have done this, have experienced this before, where if you get people up and moving, that's the first thing. The second thing is it changes the scenery, right? So now you're up and moving, and guess what? you now have to collaborate, you have to communicate. So you have to figure that out. Well, what are some of the deficits, if I can use that word, that we see when we go on our client sites? It's usually about lack of communication and when it when it, when it does happen, at what quality and at what level, right? And at what frequency. So the obstacle course is a great tool that we use to get people up and to, to
1: collaborate. Yeah, you know, I want to build on that. Um, so yes, we used obstacle course. We use a Lego game where we build things. And oh, we, Legos, that's right. We have a, we have fun with that. We do blindfolded darts to reinforce how to set clear goals. And so I really think that uh, if you're creative, and sometimes the leaders are like, oh, my God, Jeff, I'm busy. I don't have time for this. <laughs> yes. Look, you know, um, I, at a Corvesta, one of our organizations, they had a, a morale committee. Um, Qualtrax, they've got a group that get together and they plan out the fun events.
3: Mm-hmm. Don't feel
1: like it's you. Know that what you're trying to do is saying, play is okay. How can we go do it together? Mm -hmm. And then let some of the people on your team create it. Mm -hmm. When I was at Capital One, this is back a generation now, but we got $50 per quarter per person. Not everyone can do that. I get it. Mm -hmm. But to Jennifer's earlier point, just going out and seeing people ice skate... You know, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things we do, a roller skate, mm-hmm. um, play some putt-putt golf. Uh, we were talking earlier um, in a previous life, uh, Lee and I worked on the same team, uh, and I took a healthcare group out. You know, and, and the first time I, I mentioned play in the healthcare organization, if you do this, Jeff Smith, people will die! <laughs> I was like...
2: Uh, management will wow. be with you. <laughs> I
1: know. I was like, I didn't realize I was quite that powerful, but... That was the mindset is everything's just so critical. We'd forgotten how to have fun. And so we did it. We did it on a Friday afternoon Mm -hmm. when there wasn't going to be big needs. We Mm -hmm. did not take nursing staff off. Mm -hmm. But what we did was we went out and... We played Captain's Choice, and if you swung and missed twice, just pick up the ball and throw the ball as far as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, the other parts a, for a few holes, we only let you have like a total of three clubs for your whole team. You know, so so the be- good players still had to use a hard club to use. You know, and it's hard to hit the ball 100 yards when you only have a putter. Yeah, there you go. And so, just be playful with it. Invite people in, but the important part is, it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be that you're trying and that you allow your culture to be a place where people can be authentically themselves mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting you say that it almost doesn't matter what the activity mm-hmm.
3: is i mean if you play golf that's great if you don't play golf well that's even better right because then you get to laugh at each other but think of it this way you're going to ride around the golf cart uh, for 18 holes with somebody um let me tell you you're going to get to know that person by the end of 18 holes you're going to know about their f- you're going to know things that's that's a good thing there's there's an esprit de corps, there's a, a morale building. I mean, for the, I agree with you sometimes you're going to see the eyes roll going, "Oh, okay, this sounds a little bit, you know, strange guys, you know, we don't have time to do this." I would tell you you don't
1: have time not to. That's right. Yeah, I'll just close on this and then uh guys be thinking about another uh, favorite characteristic or trade or practice. Um well, my favorite exercises, and I've done it in multiple organizations, is a scavenger hunt.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: you just, you know, you do things around town. by the old Polaroid camera, or you can use smartphones. We did this on my mission trip this uh, past summer mm-hmm. with high schoolers down in uh, Santo Domingo. We went on a um, actually a state, San Juan de la Maguana. Uh, down in the Dominican Republic. It's easy for you to yeah, say. Yeah. And, you know, we we found everything from chickens to live chickens <laughs> to, to you know, you had to find the, the, the thing behind the market. And the restrooms were interesting. Was like, yeah. But we've also had scavenger hunts in the business place where we've gone to our customers and dropped things off. And so we connected our customers into our games, mm-hmm. right? And so there, there there are fun ways of doing it. Uh, let me give you another one. And then Jennifer and Lee, I want you to to kind of pile on. Um, I've got a leader that uh, I respect a lot, that uh, they write letters home. Um, And so Greg Clark out at Labs um, just did this recently, uh, where they sent a letter about all the 2016 accomplishments. They've worked really hard. Um, And so wrote a letter just to everyone saying, hey, we really appreciate what you've done. Mm -hmm. I I know I've done this myself. Uh, I learned this practice from some from other leaders earlier in my career. But the reason to write it home is that A lot of times it's the significant other or the family member or the friend at the house. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that have to make a lot of sacrifices. And so it's the chance to give back. Sometimes we put in a gift card. You may not be able to afford a gift card, but be able to send that sort of note that says, hey, I just want to say Lee or Jennifer, you know, significant other. You know, whether it's Jane or David or whomever saying, they did a great job this year. I just want you to know it. And we know that you made sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing it. You know, and then maybe throw in an Applebee's gift card or, or a book, you know, Barnes and Noble book card. If you can't afford to do that, the note's plenty. But it's that taking it a moment to do a handwritten note or mm-hmm. written recognition and sending it to the significant others. So I think that's another best practice. Which one of you guys have one next?
2: i like the practice and a little bit off the topic of play and on the topic of problem solving meetings that actually accomplish something
0: sure Uh
2: (laughs) That's that's like the best thing ever when you actually go to a meeting and accomplish something so we gather these people in these things called meetings and we put all this firepower in the room and then everybody stands up and presents their piece or makes their announcements and to to rob the people around the table of the thinking power mm-hmm. in the room mm-hmm. to say, all right, these are the 15 problems we have from the 15 people around the table. Who wants help with theirs today? Okay, you three. Which one of the three of them is the most important? And the leader gets to watch the team evaluate What problem arises to the level of critical for the whole team to work on first because we might not get to the second or third one? There's things that the leader learns as the team wrestles down its problems and to be able to prioritize people's time to try to get to everybody if it really is that all three of them are really important Mm -hmm. to watch the team just become very effective and the help that you get. In the both in the thinking and then in the afterwards, I can follow up and do that. It's different when you agree to it together across a conference room table than when you're tasked with it mm-hmm. uh, offline. Off and so I, I think problem-solving meetings are my favorite best practice of a great leader.
3: Excellent, Lee. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I'll say that a little bit differently because Jeff has said this differently at times. Um, you know, you have to be living in the present moment. Mm. So you get into a meeting. Darn, you took mine. Okay, oh, I'm keep going. sorry. I so told you, <laughs> no, no, you
1: it was a good idea. Merry off. Christmas. I'm crossing my list off. Yeah, cross it
3: off. So uh, go Dukes, go Dukes. I'm, re- I'm redeemed, <laughs> I'm redeemed. So you get, you get into a meeting and all of a sudden there's, you know, there's this tension or this vibe in the air and it's like, okay, what's going on here? Now, if you got your antenna up, you got your ears on, you're going to understand that. You're going to sense that or you should. So, and if you can't, why go forward with your pre planned agenda? I've been at client sites where leaders have told me pretty um, highly compensated, uh, important people would say, I go to these pre planned you know, package meetings and I don't feel like I'm heard. And they will tell me in diagnostic mode as the OD person privately, this is an issue for us. Um, and my next question, obviously, is, well, who have you brought this to? Well, and the answer is, well, we don't feel comfortable speaking up about it. So, you know, to Jennifer's point, if, you know, you are problem solving the meeting and, and adding on my point, you must be living in the present. That's
2: and I would it. say to jump on to that, Lee, one of the things that can get in the way of wanting to go to a meeting is having a sense of Oh my goodness! There's ten thousand very important things that are chasing me on the way to this meeting. But mm-hmm. if the meeting is the place where you can solve mm-hmm. five thousand of them, or, or <laughs> big, boor, or big, the one that's troubling you the most, right? Mm-hmm. Then, it, then your anxiety about the time that you're taking away mm-hmm. because of the opportunity that you have to get the support and the guidance uh, from your peers, it changes the way that you approach the meeting, and mm-hmm. that changes the spirit of the room. That matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to take a couple from the Cleveland Clinic that uh, I learned along the way. Um, Amy Foster, Carl Wilson, etc. Chris Nagel, um, all helped me understand this. Start the meeting with what are our desired outcomes for the meeting, mm-hmm. and then what's been working well, and then let's get to the problems. What happens, uh, I've seen Chris Saska at Cleveland Clinic do this really well. At first, he would come in, and his job is to get better results, and he is fantastic at getting results. But what would happen was that there was no relationship building on the front end. And so you dive right into the mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. And what what would happen is you you have 58 and a half minutes of problem solving, mm-hmm. but no connectivity. Mm-hmm. And so if you take that moment at the beginning of the meeting to say, what are our desired outcomes? You might learn what's really going on, mm-hmm. and maybe we shift our agenda. Yes. What's working well gives us a chance for some recognition and doing something afterwards. And so if you can take that recognition... At, do it in the room, but then follow up later on, maybe share that with a few other executives mm-hmm. so that people can know that you were listening and that you shared that. All of a sudden, the team starts to congeal together mm-hmm. and you're not always coming together. Just problem solving is important, but not just always being in that reactive mode, right, right. right? And so it's a little bit, what do we want to talk about today? And let's not start in problem solving every time. What's working well? What's working right? Um, You know, from the the, um, power of TED, uh, that's some asset-based thinking instead of always the deficit-based thinking, Mm -hmm. right? So lots of good suggestions, you know, a few from this segment. Um, Let's continue to play, find ways to do that. Uh, I'd also say continue the positivity, listening, being present, putting down the electronics, looking people eye to eye Mm -hmm. and really being able to be there. Mm -hmm. Having a spirit of enjoyment. You know, this this thing, we're gonna spend more time in this workplace. It doesn't have to be organized play always either, right? Mm-hmm. It can just be something that we enjoy. So what we'll do is we're gonna take a two-minute break here, and when we come back, we'll pick up with a few of our uh, favorite best practices. So we'll see you in two minutes. Stimulating talk it
4: gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
4: All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the River Oceanus. Creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in the sea around us, said, All at last, return to the sea. the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guests today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. I'm here today with Jennifer Owen-Oquill and Lee Hubert. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We are... Our gift to you is that we are sharing some of the best practices that we know from today. We can't afford to give you pearls um, as gifts, but we can give you pearls with Oh, That's listen right. to you there go. go. I'll take uh, pearls. All right, <laughs> but i Yes. So Jennifer, uh, David, you know, pearls could be a possibility, best. I uh, hope you're not listening out there. Yeah. Uh, so um, what we've been trying to do is just give you some of our best practices and being able to help you uh, maybe you know move forward. So... Uh, Lee, as we were talking sort of at break, you'd want to talk about a little bit of the concept called hug. Why don't you uh, kick us off? In yeah, earlier
3: you were talking about uh, Jonathan Hegmeyer and his team and interesting concept. I mentioned a thing about being allowed to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think about it. You, you're in a leadership mode. You're working with and through human beings, not human doings, to your point. So how do you capture their best effort as opposed to the satisfactory effort, the, the, you know, the base effort? So they had something called hug. It meant you be honest honorable yeah, or, or, or excuse me honorable yeah. honest to, honest to. Yeah. be honorable be unselfish mm-hmm. and be generous yeah I mean it, think about that if you do those three things I mean this is sounding like a Jimmy Valvano speech now if you've done those three things you have had a full day sure. right so if you're honorable as opposed to not uh, if you're unselfish as opposed to gee what happens in the, in the landscape now a lot of turf protecting as opposed to not right mm-hmm. Be be unselfish and be generous, and sometimes that means with your time to be, you know, to my point, being in the present tense, being in the present, just living in the
1: in the now. Yeah, go, go ahead, um, Jeffrey.
2: I have a thought about generous. You know, when we so much drama happens because we assign meaning to what somebody says, does, mm-hmm. doesn't say, doesn't do, mm-hmm. look at us wrong. Mm-hmm. What's the most generous assumption? What do you mean by that? that you can make? I don't <laughs> why are you looking at me like that, horribly. <laughs> What's the most generous assumption that you can make? in this situation and if we if and if we really approach this situation even if we're frustrated with someone uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: they're doing the best that they can mm-hmm. with the situation that they have right now i don't know what else is going on in their life or mm-hmm. what other capacity that they have mm-hmm. but in this moment that was the best that they had And i'm going to make that assumption i'm going to keep making that assumption when we do that mm-hmm. wow it's so much easier to coach people it's mm-hmm. so much easier when people make mistakes. So being generous goes to how we interpret the world around us, too.
1: Mm-hmm. So a couple thoughts there. Um, so, John, we've been working on the book, so looking look early next year, we'll, we'll have a whole chapter dedicated to hug and, and how do we talk about it and ways that you put into practice. I'd also refer you to the Outward Mindset by the Arbinger Institute. We're going to have those ladies on the show come January, or early February. Um, and it's called Seeing Beyond Ourselves, and it's about – All of us get intrinsically focused inside. We look at our own needs. But how the the best leaders that we get to work with, you know, they really take the time and they spend looking um, at others. Something of Heather Neff. She's the CEO of Virginia Lutheran Homes. Mm -hmm. Um, And Heather does a great job of um, making sure that there's time for the the residents that live there. time for her staff, but also time for her community Mm -hmm. and being able to connect. So it's not that, She's not busy and days aren't crazy, but when someone goes, something goes wrong, and you've got twenty-four hour living there, she immediately goes to. I bet they were doing the best job they could possibly do, mm-hmm. and let me go into the the situation with that as my thought, and saying yes, there's still a problem, but I bet they were doing the best they could, and let me start to understand it. And so I think that's a great example of generosity. Jennifer, did you have um, you know, another best practice or best trait you want to share?
2: I when it comes to Responding to people's thoughts and ideas. Mm. Another generous way to approach that is try to say yes, mm. not no. And I'll call myself out to the earlier in our planning ah, session. Today, you're so I said, busted. I, know, I, was, I said I don't like that idea, and then I and then I listened to the idea. You, oh, oh listen is, is listening. on a list here. You gotta listen. And that we that we coach these things because we also are learning, right? But. <laughs> uh, But it's so much harder to say yes than it is to say no. Mm -hmm. When you say no, everything stays the same. Something doesn't happen. Money doesn't get spent. Time Mm -hmm. doesn't get taken. Mm -hmm. Resources, all of that. But when you say yes, Mm -hmm. or when you entertain an idea, you have to keep thinking about it. You have to take the time. You have to evaluate something. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out how to resource it. Mm -hmm. And so it it is, that's why it's so easy to say no. But but. Quiet, or at least say nothing, which is what. Which is the counsel I would go back and give my give my future self a couple of hours ago. How? Why don't we just try listening, if you're if you, instead of instead of uh, waiting and we're jumping on the no.
1: So okay. and now, of course, curious for the afternoon, is she setting me up for something she wants for the afternoon? You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. The answer is yes. Okay. Do we know? Here's one that that I want to pick up. Um, the, a couple of my clients have done this really well, I'm th- uh, Kirk Everett over at uh, Rackspace, um, you know, Marcy Daniel with PowerSchool. It's about resetting your calendar. So I first really learned this concept from Scott Ebelin, uh, who was with us a few months ago on the author of Overworked and Overwhelmed. It's not letting the calendar control you. You control your calendar. So let me say that again, not let your calendar control you, but you control your calendar. So many of us are uh, to use Scott's earlier term, racked and stacked, and that means just you know, hey, it's two o'clock, so I'm here. Or, You know, in our scenario, it's one o'clock, so we're on the show. At two o'clock, we'll go back to strategic planning. Mm-hmm. At four o'clock, I'll be mm-hmm. coaching Greg Clark or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Well, it's just our days become that way. It, by the end of the day, we are going. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> did he just do that? I did.
3: That's it. awesome. I was
1: playing my. <laughs> yes. eight, my eight-year-old self. He is so comfortable in his own skin right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> so. What I appreciate, though, is don't let that calendar control you. So how do you go about resetting your own calendar? Mm -hmm. First, we did an exercise first thing this morning as a team. It's called the Wheel of Life. So you can Google it, find it. Take a quick assessment. Figure out where are you on, how well you know with your friends or your romance or your wealth or your um, physical environment, your job. You start with an assessment. Then you get real intentional about where do I want to invest my time? And, yes, I'm encouraging you to put – a time on your calendar for things like going for a run. Uh, I was able to have a dinner with my friend Matt Scott last night. He happened to be in town. Have time for that. Put those things on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, if you knew how, knew, really knew me, guys, uh, I'm like the least um, organized, disciplined, putting things on calendar kind of guy that you would think. But my life requires that anymore. And so if I want to have things happen that I'm excited about, I need to reset my own calendar. So one of the first things I do is I make sure that I have dates with my kids, I have my run on the calendar. Then I start putting in things like, okay, gosh, we got this major strategic plan offsite that I've got to do, mm. or we're teaching this program at XYZ Client. But I don't let my life get overrun with all my commitments. They all have to be on there, and then I have a chance to let my personal life, my health life, my all those things get on there. Resetting a calendar means... You also have to go back and say, hmm, have I been doing something that maybe someone else on my team could do? Mm -hmm. So, excuse me, one of my clients, they just got a new person. The person's about 90, 100 days in. All of a sudden they realized, you know, this person can be attending that meeting for me. And they cleared off four hours a week. Mm -hmm. If they didn't stop and were real intentional about how do I clean up my calendar, Mm -hmm. they would have never gotten there. My final best practice on that, um, and this come uh, Scott talked about this on our show uh, back in October, this is from a CEO. Um, basically, she sits down with the administrative uh, assistant of hers uh, every Friday, and they look to the next week, mm-hmm. and they try to take 20% of the meetings off the calendar. Mm. Because what happens is often the meetings that we said yes to were two and three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and when we put them on the calendar, they were a priority. But when you look out only six, seven days ahead, mm-hmm. are they still the same priority? And so leaving, I go back to Mike Yamamoto's, leaving some thinking time on the calendar is going to be critical. If mm-hmm. you are an executive, a leader, you need time. I can't tell you which emergency is going to be next week, but I can promise you there will be one. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any white space on that calendar where you can think and be your best self, it's not going to happen. So resetting your calendar is a best practice.
2: And how you approach your time at the end of the week mm-hmm. is is really important. If you're coming up to the end of your week and you're and you're leaving on Friday and you feel anxious – Uh, then change the way that you do your thinking on friday so what is it that you need to change Uh, i have a coach myself and uh one of the things we were working on is that overworked overwhelmed Uh, there's just a it's a busy it's a busy calendar it's been a busy season and uh he called. He's like, "Wow! So what's going on? How you doing?" I am great. I am so great. Well, why? <laughs> I, said, I changed what I'm doing on Friday. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. All I did was I stopped trying to catch up and I started planning. Mm-hmm. I started looking ahead instead of looking backwards because I can't mm-hmm. do I can't do much on Friday afternoon about what happened this last week unless mm-hmm. it's a, unless it's a screaming fire. <laughs> but I can do a heck of a lot to prepare for the coming week and that's just one shift in my thinking about how i look at my time looking through the windshield and not the rearview
1: mirror very important good so, so we, you made shift happen i made shift happen <laughs> it's a, a talk we give and you have to say that one slowly and carefully exactly. we're making shift happen that's here right. we make shift happen here all the time <laughs> it's okay <laughs>
3: So it's almost it's almost axiomatic where you get people who are on Sunday e- uh, night and they have Sunday night anxiety. Yeah, it's because they're they're not a to my point they're not in the present. B they're thinking about something that they maybe didn't budget their time well for, and it's almost axiomatic. Here's somebody that says, "I understand. I try to say yes to everybody as often as I can." When I was uh, at HCA a human resource capacity, a lot of people knocking on my door. A lot of times, drinking it feels like drinking from the fire hose. But I could try to say yes as often as I could, possibly could. But every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. So somebody said that once. So <laughs> when you when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And what is that? So
1: you have to understand, you know, what the trade off is. I just want to go back to one thing, Jennifer, too, that you talked about, and it's about resetting your calendar. It's also we're coming up to this holiday season, and you know we're all connected all the time. And so what is it you're trying to do before you get out of that office? So I try to encourage people to do two things. One, try to have that last half day before you get out of office. Let's say you're going out for a week and have it such that you can protect it so you can write down all the things, clean up all your work. Mm -hmm. I also try to protect the first two to three hours of the day you get back so that you can come back in and dig out a little bit. So to Lee's point you know, that Sunday night before we come back or the night before we come back, you don't have to spend three hours digging into the email. Mm-hmm. I want you to be really relaxed and recharged when you come back in. Mm-hmm. So trying to exit out well and enter back in. I also work with people and say, what is your strategy for when you're gone? Because you should have a strategy. Otherwise, what ends up happening is these things called smartphones work oh, on yeah. it all mm-hmm. the time. So some, they're like, I'm not touching it at all. Others are like, you know, well, the kids sleep in, so I'm going to be on it from 7.30 to 8.15. Mm -hmm. I don't really care, but it's being intentional. That's the word I'm really looking for, is that we want you to be intentional about what is your plan for when you're out of office. So a few good ideas in this segment as well. Looking for yes, uh, the hug, honorable, um, Unselfish. unselfish, generous, resetting your calendar, really connecting with folks. Hey, by saying yes, you're saying no to something else. By saying yes to listen to us for... For the next segment, you will get a few more things and there are no no's. And yeah, so we'll, we'll be back in two minutes with you for a full cast. Of Illuminating leadership. C two. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain. firing really fast.
4: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: In the spirit of have couch, will travel. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carroll's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com.
5: The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events
4: The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. I'm here today with Jennifer Owen O'Quill and Lee Huber from Voltage, and we've been uh, having a great discussion. We've been having fun. Hopefully, you guys have uh, had some fun with us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, we've been talking about uh, best practices of our leaders. So, in our last segment here, uh, we're going to each take uh, probably one more uh, lesson that we've picked up from one of our clients and share it with you. So, I think, Jennifer, you're up first. So, Jennifer, go for it. So,
2: I know I finished out the last segment by saying that you need to be looking through the windshield and not in the rearview mirror, but... Uh, to contradict and, my and, and yeah. right, that's the word to erase in 2017 is the word but uh, and it's also important as part of your process when you get to the end of a project to take the time to do an after action when we have a significant scope of work that we take that we've handled we stop and we look at what happened from beginning to end what went right what went wrong Mm -hmm. what would we we do differently next time if we were to do it again what would Mm -hmm. we not do Mm -hmm. Um, what would we keep the same and just gathering that information makes it so that your organization is constantly getting faster, better, stronger and Mm -hmm. when, when there's a discipline inside of an organization to take the time to pause at the end and to look at how you did. This is also a great time to celebrate, to say, mm-hmm. wow, we've, mm-hmm. this was really successful. Look at all the things we've accomplished. And next time, we're going to be able to repeat that success because we've taken the time to think about it before we've moved on. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's also important as part of the process, after action reviews.
1: I'll just say that real quick, real tangible. Uh, we, we, at least twice a year, sometimes three times a year, we'll have events uh, where we invite our clients in. And so we go ahead and just schedule it in. So we have a breakfast where we meet from uh, 7.30 to 10, 10.30, and then we just schedule the next hour for our after action review. We're already in there together. Mm-hmm. So the first question we ask is, did we hit our desired outcome? So did we achieve it? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. And then we start to ask, okay, what right? What will we do differently? And since we're already together, it's real quick. And I will tell you that um, – you know, as a coach, I'm supposed to be really great at giving and receiving feedback. But sometimes, you know, I'm a little thin-skinned and I don't love it, um, getting the feedback right afterwards. But what I found with this process has been, you know, getting it in that kind of package and mm-hmm. that and that element has allowed me to hear the feedback. So I found that it's a really easy way of doing it because I also, did we hit the desired outcome? Okay, yeah, yeah, we did good. And we did this right and right. Okay, now I can hear one or two things that we need to work on. Yeah, so I think after action review is great. Lee, you got one, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, Jennifer made me think of
3: this. I think the uh, I'll call it the priority queue. I'm um, working with a, a client, and they're in a, they're in a significant visible leadership position. A lot of a lot of information flowing through this person's desk. They have forums. They talk to a lot of people, and there are time demands and monetary demands, budgetary demands made on these people. So I have a request, whatever it is, I'm a leader, I'm in the organization. And the, here's, here's where the rubber beats the road for a lot of people. Do you hear me or do you not hear me? And it has that has to do with so many different things. Do I leave the organization because I'm angry? You know, i Am I a star that's not being retained? Because you're not paying attention to me. So what I advocate for and what we learn from this is the priority queue. If you ask me for something that's a capital item or whatever it may be, I'm going to communicate back to you in some formal way. Sometimes it's a spreadsheet. Sometimes it's a PowerPoint. Sometimes it's all the above. And say, here's what's on my front burner as the leader. This is what's my ra- on my radar screen. You asked me for X number of dollars to buy this device, this machine. And the answer is not no forever. It's no for now because I'm sharing with you what's higher up in the queue, hence the priority queue. And the, the practical takeaway from that is people, when they hear that and experience that, it answers that big objection. I can't be heard. You're not paying attention to me. So I walk away from that experience, going, "Oh, okay. I didn't know that all that was on your plate." First of all, because I just I'm just waiting for our CEO to come around and take care of my individual needs. You understand? Isn't that how it works? Sure. Yeah. So so people come away from that experience, going, "Okay, I have some empathy for the leader, and now I'm communicated with." And Sometimes the answer is yes, and it happens, might be three months, might be six months, might be next year. But at least I have something uh, psychological to grab a hold of, and that, that is that what makes makes the big
1: difference. Thanks, Ali. Let me build on that um, around this transparency. So, you're, this is a leader trying to be as transparent as possible. Okay, right? You know, I mean, it's really like, hey, it's in the priority key. Absolutely. We're working on I'm thinking of uh, Amy Ankrum out at Qualtrax, the president of Qualtrax. She was on the show a couple weeks ago around our strategy. They work at really being transparent. And by that, what I mean is that here's how much we're going to spend on budgeting uh, Mm -hmm. for marketing. Here's what we're trying to, here's our revenue growth. Here's, um, you know, what we're thinking about spending on training, Mm -hmm. et cetera, and getting the team around it and being able to make some group decisions. um, You can't always be transparent. And so I would just say as a leader, choosing um, what is your approach to transparency going to be, and then having a conversation about. And so there are times when um, there are things that you can't be transparent about, but you can say, we're working on something mm-hmm. that we'll be back in touch with you on Friday. Or we're going to do something in the next week. So I've got one right now that you know they're, they're in the midst of an acquisition. So this massive amount of work is going off on the side. They were able to come out and just say, guys, we're working on some really interesting projects that we can't give you the full details. We know that's going to make you anxious. Mm-hmm. We get it we can't quite share everything. What we can do is come back weekly and answer what we can answer. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, here's our core business and here's what we're doing really well. Here's the three major goals that we've got Mm -hmm. and keep moving forward. Mm. It'd be great if they could be transparent they're not allowed to. Mm. Sometimes it's your publicly traded company, and it's just you're not allowed sure, to. Sure, of course. Sometimes, you know, uh, several of my companies this year, their deals did not close. Mm-hmm. If they've taken the whole organization through all the no. steps and triggers of an acquisition, oh my gosh. So we're towards the end of the show here. Is there any last, uh, you know, one one comment or one tip that you guys want to share with our audience? Well, what you just said, uh, you know, be transparent, and then what
3: happens in your experience when you're not? If you, you're trying to communicate, and absent that, what happens is people fill in the blanks right. with, with noise, mm. and if you talk about a cultural fiduciary responsibility, if you leave that uh, door open for the noise, it, it, you know, shame on you. You you own that.
2: Yeah. The other China? thing I would say is this idea that their priorities and allow people the space to actually think through how they would prioritize something we've got a lot of great ideas around the table and we don't have the time for all of them Mm -hmm. and that was piece of our work this morning too wow Uh look at all these great ideas we have and we don't have the time for all of our great ideas Mm -hmm. so which one given the limited time that we have are we going to put first Mm -hmm. and uh and when we do that we end up being happier because we're doing things we enjoy Mm -hmm. that really matter
1: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, So just a a few notes about upcoming weeks and and kind of the years uh, for Volcast coming up. So next couple weeks, we're going to review around what went right this year. What were some of the um, things that made this a successful year? And it it continues the theme, but there'll be some real tangible things that what worked for us, um, as well as what worked for a couple of clients that we saw around strategy, et cetera. Then the first week of January, what we're going to do is help you with your planning. What's 2017 look like? Some of our best practices. We'll have a blog out, so you can pick that up at mm-hmm. VoltageLeadership.com. Check out our blog. Uh, and then as we go into 2017, uh, you know, our intent, uh, we were working on that this morning, is we're going to get best-selling authors on here. We are going to have uh, leaders that uh, we work with, so you won't hear us describing. They'll be on the show with us. Mm-hmm. And then Lee and Jennifer will come in probably once a month each and talk about, you know, some of the stuff that we're seeing and some of the best practices, a little bit more of a teaching. So that's sort of the flavor of where Volcast is going over the course of the next year. Mm-hmm. So thanks for being with us. In the meantime, please uh, email us and send us your best thoughts. Uh, to do that, send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. You can also reach out to us on our website, www.VoltageLeadership.com. You can like us on Facebook at voltage leadership You can follow me on Twitter at JMU jeff Um, If you need to reach us during the week, the best phone number to reach out to us is area code 540-798-1963. We really do work hard at trying to get back to you as quickly as possible. We appreciate all the messages that you've sent out to us. In the meantime, you know, we know this is a very special holiday season at this time of year in the United States. So to each of you, please take time to be with family, really slow down, enjoy your time together. Uh, there's always some drama and chaos with family, but take the time to see the good in each other. And thanks for being with us. So again, this is Jeff Smith, Jennifer Owen O'Quill, and Lee Hubert Sign off for today. In the meantime, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you again next week. Take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.